Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled edition of In Black and Right. We are still the new definition of color commentary, and I am still your host, Jerry Brooks, the baby-faced assassin of conservatism, fighting for freedom, free speech, and freedom of thought. We just don't do groupthink around here. Uh, you can uh, contact us by our email, in black and right at gmail.com. You can also discover us and check us out on our website, inblackandright.net, where we'll have all kinds of commentary and uh, made some updates today. And we're going to start out. I mean, yes, what's going on in the Ukraine is important. And yes, I am still looking to see what's going to happen with NATO because uh, Joe Biden, the vegetable in chief, is going to be going to Poland uh, to meet with their leadership, and hopefully he can do a better job than Kamala Harris did, because she was a full-on epic failure and an embarrassment. But the top story today is a little closer to home. Today begins the uh, confirmation hearings for Katanji Brown Jackson for the US Supreme Court. Now what's really interesting about this is that just last week, late last week and over the weekend, uh, the Article 3 project and uh, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri were uh, together getting this information out about uh, Judge Brown Jackson. Now, this woman has been really interesting to watch because she was confirmed by the Senate uh, for when she uh, held her position on the D.C. Court of Appeals, which is one step below the Supreme Court. There was certain information that didn't come out then when she was confirmed to the appeals court that has come out recently now. And that is a long record, a highly questionable record, in her treatment of terrorists, child pornographers, and pedophiles. And yes, that, and that information never came out. Never came out when she was confirmed to the Court of Appeals, but now it's out. And it's, it's amazing. This is about 25 years of research of her opinions. She also served on the U.S. Sentencing Commission from 2010 to 2014. And on, in, on the In Black and Right website, just go to the homepage, scroll down a little bit, you'll see a picture of Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson and a link to the research paper that was done by the Article 3 project. Now before the essentially y'all some of y'all are going to scream, "Well, it's a right-wing conspiracy and you leave her alone." 
you knuckleheads, this is not conjecture. This is not speculation. This is actual fact. And the Article 3 project, which is uh, headed by a man named Mike Davis, who has plenty, and I do mean plenty, of bona fide credentials. The man has served on the, worked with the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, he's the former chief counsel for nominations and was uh, working with the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, when Chuck Grassley was its chairman. So Mr. Davis and his team have plenty of creds. So these are not just some bomb throwers or you know right wingers. These are guys who have absolutely done the vetting and the research that should have been done a long time ago. And the information they've come up with, it's not it's public knowledge. It is these are public records. And yet we're still gonna say that, you know, it's identity politics one oh one. You know, the first Republican who asked the tough, legitimate question, I can assure you there will be Democrats and their mainstream media allies who will be screaming and pulling out one of the three cards, uh, the race card, the gender card, or the victim card, or a combination of all three of them. This is not going to be, thank God, like Kavanaugh's hearing with all the sideshows, the clowns, and the circus because primarily it's uh, going to be, it's a black woman and we can't do this to a black woman because of the hyper-radicalized and hyper-racialized environment that we live in. Now, if it's Clarence, another Clarence Thomas, oh yeah, there would be people all over the place screaming, screaming, and screaming some more to the top of their lungs and killing themselves to get to a camp, get in front of a camera. Now, a uh, little bit of a side note, uh, over the weekend, Justice Thomas was uh, hospitalized for quote-unquote flu-like symptoms, and I am praying that he will have a speedy recovery and come back to the bench as quickly as possible because the man is needed. So anyway, this whole thing with Katanji Brown-Jackson just really makes me, in it, it blows my mind because as a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, simply go to inblackandright.net on the homepage, scroll down a little bit. I have a link. Just look for Judge Brown Jackson's picture, and there is a link to the research that was done by the Article 3 project in painstaking detail of her opinions, of her record, of her sentencing. And it, it's cause for concern because this is not just some, you know, dinky position. This is a lifetime appointment when she could be on the bench anywhere from 30 to 40 years because she's not, she is still rather young and can do a whole lot of damage uh, at this point. So looking at that, that just kind of makes me go, mm, okay. That makes me a little nervous, but I fully expect that she would be, she will be uh, confirmed uh, 
afterwards and so on and so forth so so yeah so like today this is only day one a lot of opening statements a lot of posturing and so on and so forth if there's anything interesting yeah i will put it you know in breaking news uh probably on getter instagram maybe tel uh, telegram as well so at least okay let's see what's going on and let's see how this uh kind of fleshes out how this shakes out uh with judge brown jackson but over the weekend or at least late last week it blew my mind and i was having a discussion with some folks uh just last week over the weekend talking about this whole mess with leah thomas and her winning or him winning i mean it's so confusing it's like i'm i'm actually not going to pander to pronouns but leah thomas is a biological male and apparently she or he whichever you prefer did absolutely crushed swimming records and won the national championship uh in one particular race and yet the one thing that absolutely blows my mind about this whole thing and i've asked this question where are the feminists where are they where are the women who are screen who've got to be just upset that all of their years of training their workouts to get to this point has now been essentially crushed by an by a guy because this guy identifies as a woman seriously now apparently my questions are getting answered well and this there's a coalition uh of women's sports uh, this was found on breitbart.com who are essentially speaking out uh, against Leah Thomas. Now, not because it's anti-Leah Thomas, they're essentially pro-woman. And, and now I love this because also, uh, when it comes to Title IX, and this year, 2022, is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Now this is a this is pretty much wild. Now, uh, like I said, Concerned Women for America did file a complaint, an official complaint against the NCAA over uh, Thomas's participation and her win at a women's swimming event and won the national championship for it. Now, this is just crazy. Now, and I want. To read a little bit of this article it comes from the post millennial and let's see there we go uh, and just this one paragraph in a letter to assistant secretary for civil rights Catherine Lehman the group stated that the complaint was filed against the school for quote-unquote for its egregious violations of the protections for women on the basis of sex secured 
on the basis of sex, which was secured, secured half a century ago in the landmark passage of Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. So yes, it's the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and yet, finally, somebody has called the NCAA out. And who knows? And there are even, finally, I mean, it's, and I feel rather badly because I don't want to make it sound like I'm being harsh, but a lot of these young women didn't want to say anything because they were going to get hassled, you know, cancel culture would get on them and get on social media and blah, blah, blah. Now, and, and I appreciate that. I can appreciate that because they didn't want to get labeled something they weren't. But now, when you see something like this, you have a biological male winning a women's swimming event, and I think they finally got into a place where enough is enough. Enough is enough. This is a this breaks the spirit of Title IX. And Title IX, I don't know if it really dealt with this potential issue, but my goodness, that is not cool. It's, it's not cool, it's not fair, and yet the feminists who keep talking about equality, equality, equality are deafeningly silent on this. Deafeningly, deafeningly silent. Come on, ladies, where are you? You'll scream, gripe, and complain up and down about Kavanaugh and believing the fake story from Christine Ford, who didn't even want to have it dealt to have that information released in the first place. So no, ladies, you're gonna have to basically put up or shut up. And some have actually put up, and they're calling out the NCAA. Good for them because if this trend is allowed to continue how many other sports are going to be how many women's sports are going to be sacrificed i mean we're right now in march madness you have the men's tournament you have the women's tournament now if men biological men are going to be playing basketball in the women's tournament I mean, come on, folks. That right there is a mess. A straight-up mess. Because now you can't have a, a woman's champion and a men's champion at some point because somehow this is going to get all diluted. The NCAA will be just as wimpy and just as cowardly and say, no, this has to stop. But right now, the can of worms has been opened. So now it's going to be up to the NCAA to say, hey, hold up. You know, get wake up. This is a mess, folks. You've helped create it, and now you need to have a solid line. Because cancel culture is not can't do everything. They just plain can't. And yes, I love it that there are women's groups that are finally calling this nonsense what exactly what it is. It's nonsense. It's fundamentally unfair to women. I mean, I have a niece 
who is an athlete. She plays volleyball. She's a senior in high school, and she's pretty good. But yet, if a biological male wanted to play women's volleyball, I would just have to go, what? R really? Seriously, people? Ay, 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 ay. This is kind of, this is just bizarre. And now there are groups that are women athletes who are coming out, a coalition, and they're, and they're calling it out to save women's sports. Because at the rate it's going right now, you know, trans athletes, I mean, come on. I mean, are you like wanting to have a separate category for yourself? You know, you got men's, you got women's, and you have trans athletes. I'm like, what? Seriously? This is nuts. This is absolutely straight up crazy. And yet, thank goodness, these, uh, these women athletes are stepping up. Yes, you have also uh, governors like Christy Nome in South Dakota. Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSantis here in beautiful Florida, where I now call home. And there are others who are saying, this, this is nonsense. Enough is enough. No more biological men trying to sabotage women's sports. Because that's exactly what it's doing. It's taking the spirit of Title IX and putting it through a meat grinder. And that's not cool. That is not cool at all. So I'm glad finally women are speaking out against this. I'm so happy because this is so fundamentally twisted and unfair to all of these women who have trained hard, sacrificed, and now here comes a, a biological male coming in and ruining everything. So where's the fairness in that? Where's the equality in that? So yeah, let's. I'm going to be seeing. I'm going to be tracking the story, seeing what happens with this complaint to the NCAA on this. But as we are continuing, uh, one last story uh, from uh, from just the news. Dot com, uh, John Solomon's uh, group, and has a great show on Real America's Voice every weeknight, 6 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a little bit of a plug. But now, apparently, uh, the state of Georgia, well, is, a, is finally catching up. But I have a feeling it's far too little and way too late at least for Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, because he's going to be in a really ugly primary uh, with Congressman Jody Heiss for Secretary of State. But the headline on uh, Just the News website, Georgia ballot harvesting probe advances as state elections board approves a subpoena. Now, this particular action will allow investigators from the Secretary of State's office to compel testimony and a delivery of evidence. Well, yay happy, and that's nice, but the problem is, where was this last year? Huh, where was it? 
the 2020 election had a whole heck of a lot of illegalities and breaking the law. I mean, people, does anybody remember seeing the video of the ballots that were in these boxes underneath these tables? And the people that were there were counting them multiple times. I mean, come on. And, the, and Kemp, Governor Kemp and Raffensperger did nothing. No special session of the Georgia legislature. No investigation by the, by the Secretary of State's office. They didn't want to hear it. And this is why Raffensperger and Kemp are getting primaried. They underestimated the importance of election integrity to the people of Georgia and as a whole, the people of the United States, because there are still, you know, who, there are still people who are just going to go, oh, well, Trump needs to get over it. It's done. It's over. No, it isn't. It's only just begun. When states like Arizona are being complete rats, I mean, they're eventually, they're demon rats or republicrats or whatever, up to and including Governor Doug Ducey, who was my governor at one time, and he is a wuss. He's an absolute wimp. And yet, the, the Arizona legislature, the rhinos in Arizona, who are essentially the ghosts of John McCain, trying to screw Trump even from the grave. Because... McCain had allies in Arizona, plenty of them, plenty of establishment types. So, uh, no, we're not going to let Trump have any kind of uh, influence in Arizona. And boy, did they tick off a lot of people. You've still got issues with, with the 2020 election in Wisconsin. You've got them in Pennsylvania, Georgia is still in play and what's even crazier i mean redistricting right now and and i mean i still i mean i want to change subjects a little bit but redistricting is also an issue and it's a big issue even here in florida governor desantis is having to deal with the florida house and it's and the speaker of the house in particular who apparently is an old buddy of jeb bush and with that desantis's redistricting map is now in jeopardy now the florida state senate after pretty much uh getting a a, a little bit of a taste of why governor desantis is one seriously tough mother and you should not mess with him. Now the Florida House is acting like, well, we want to be we want to be fair to the Democrats. It's like, really? Dear Mr. Speaker, get over yourself. These people are not going to be fair. They're never going to be fair. They're a lot tougher than you are. They're willing to fight harder than the Republicans. So basically, grow a pair and take care of this because a 1414 redistricting map is not viable it's not sustainable and it's grotesquely unfair 
So basically, you need to tell um, tell the people in the in the Republican caucus there in Tallahassee, hey, vote for this because if you're going to insist upon it, then the special session that Governor DeSantis has called to resolve this issue is going to be a very ugly one because Jeb Bush ain't governor no more. And to essentially try to throw a monkey wrench with DeSantis is going to be proving equally dangerous because whether you like it or not, DeSantis is governor, he's incredibly popular, He's definitely going to be running for president at some point. I don't know if it's going to be 2024 or 2028. He's got the time. He's still a young man. He won't even be 50 by the time he reaches 2028. So uh, to the Florida House, and I will be contacting uh, my state rep, uh, you better get with the program. And because if Florida ever goes back to being blue, oh, believe me, you will, it will suck to be you. It will be, it will suck to be you and the people of Florida will take it out on you in the primaries and in the general election. So, hey, get with the program, folks. Election integrity and redistricting are two big issues. Uh, not just in Florida, um, but all over the country. So keep in mind, folks, this is a great opportunity this year. And I've encouraged people from the beginning of this new year, be a voice, be involved, be aware, and make your voice heard, make your vote heard. And if some people can't ha handle that, that's not your problem, that's their fault. So squishy Republicans, beware. You will be, you, they will come after you if you basically don't want to do the will of the people who you're supposed to represent. Because frankly, I have no problem whatsoever going after rhinos who won't put the country first. So with that in mind, my friends, I think by the clock on the wall, I'm going to just simply call it a day today. Uh, going to be a short uh, broadcast week. Uh, let's see, the last show for this week will be on Wednesday because for the rest of the week, I will be on the road in North Carolina, my beloved home state, uh, to celebrate my birthday. So with that, I will say so long, take care. God bless, and remember, patriots come in all colors.